because we really do want oh i can hear my phone vibrating hold on in another oh. room okay um, <laughs> oh it's the angelus i can now hear the chanting oh. <laughs> bring uh, it in bring it in okay hold on. <laughs> is that chant oh my gosh <laughs> only catholics yeah. would have an alarm with gregorian chant for the angelus oh yeah, my time god time to pray the angelus perfect timing <laughs> There we go. Welcome back to the Modern Lady Podcast. You're listening to episode 24. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Lindsay, and today we're talking about friendships. You know, making and keeping friends as adults is one of the hardest things that we have to manage in our daily lives. And we've heard from so many women of the challenges they face and that we ourselves also struggle with when it comes to finding that sometimes elusive camaraderie. So we're excited to dig into this a little bit more this week. But first, we want to ask you all to take a few minutes and leave a rating and review on iTunes. It means so much to us, and it's been a while since we've had a new review, and we'd love to read a new one. We do have wonderful comments that are left on our social media, and Michelle has one she'd like to share. Yes, this week's shout-out goes to Mary Melanson-Hubble, who commented actually during our break week and said, quote, I'm new to your podcast, and a few weeks ago I spent a couple of days binge listening to you guys while I spring-cleaned. In fact, it was the decluttering episodes. Thanks so much for all that you do. And thank you, Mary, for listening and for your comment. And if anyone else would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com, or you can leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram, where you can find us at The Modern Lady Podcast. Before we get into today's chat, Lindsay has our Modern Lady Tip of the Week. Well, this is something that Emily Post never had to deal with, but it's something that we do deal with on a regular basis. So today, our etiquette tip is about cell phone usage. These are four tips, and I feel like some of them are obvious, but it's always good to go over them. So tip number one is to hide it. Don't bring your cell phone to the dinner table, to meetings, to, you know, quality time with family and friends. Now, the exception to this is that if you are a first responder or you're on call at work or if somebody is babysitting your children and you would need to receive an update. So you could leave your phone with an explanation on the table. You could just, everybody understands, but leave your phone on silent or vibrate. Number two is the 10 foot rule. So if you get a phone call, it is advisable that you move 10 feet away from people and big windows. I wouldn't have thought about the window thing. Uh, So step outside if you're in the hospital or a waiting room, etc. Nobody needs to see you nervously pacing back and forth or wildly gesticulating with your hands. And please do not use speakerphone. Oh, we see that all the time. People walking around holding their phone out from their face, speaking loudly and you hear the other person. Uh, Tip number three is don't use your phone as a crutch. So when you're in a new situation or an uncomfortable situation, I think it's almost a reflex now for us to just reach for our phone and turn it on and have a look, but try Mm -hmm. to not automatically reach for it, you know, and there's a lot of people who do that. I do that as well, but try to step outside of your comfort zone and talk to somebody, (laughs) say hi in person. (laughs) And, and the fourth tip is to 
take the photo of the the meal that was put in front of you if you'd like or the sunset you know take get a snapshot of that beautiful moment but upload it later when you get home yes that is such a good point your last tip there about uploading later because I used to have to do that when I didn't have a data plan on my phone and then I'd have to wait until I got back into wi-fi to upload to Instagram but it is counter to what Instagram (laughs) is actually created for right (laughs) yeah Insta. yeah (laughs) that's funny but um Yes, I think you're right that we kind of rely so much on our phones nowadays for so many things that it may seem obvious on paper, these etiquette rules with your cell phone, but when you're out and about, you automatically reach down for the phone and it might just take an extra little bit of uh, thought to put it away and engage in the present. So today we're talking about friendship making friends and keeping friends and the importance of it. And I think we all want deep and fruitful friendships, but it's the getting from point A to point B that can be such a difficulty. Right, Lindsay? You're right, Michelle. And you know, today we're really looking at female friendship. And this is something that's been brought up to us several times before. It's a whole other ballgame trying to make couple friends. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'll address that another time, right? But yeah, this idea of wanting to have friends. It just seems like something that we've thought about since we were four years old or the first day you stepped into kindergarten class. And it's and it's not something that gets any easier as you get older. Right. And, you know, we toss the term around so much like girlfriends, having girlfriends, or I'm getting together with my girlfriends. Uh, so it seems like everyone has friends and has no problem making friends except for us. <laughs> and... <laughs> And it seems maybe juvenile to voice your need or your desire for it because it does sound a little bit juvenile or frivolous to say like, I want friends or how do I make friends? We want to appear like we've we've grown beyond that. But the importance of wanting friends doesn't go away just because we get older, right? Right. And I think that what might seem juvenile is that when we were younger, it was more about seeking popularity, perhaps. And when we get older, we realize that we want quality friendships. And those are two different things. You know, you don't equate popularity with friendship. They they don't. It's apples and oranges. Um, and so I think that obviously this has been around since the beginning of time. And I was looking at that idea of no man is an island. And it's actually mm. a quote from a poem by John Donne. And so what he says is no man is an island entire, entire of it itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. And you really do think about how friendship connects you to the mainland, right? Like the mainland Mm -hmm. of life, of society. Um, Yeah, it's, it's so much more than just a few likes on social media or... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the likes on social media. That's the first thing I thought of when you were reading that quote. Yeah. Because for me now, as an as an older woman, well, like out of my college years, my main goal, my main desire for social media is engagement, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not necessarily how many likes I get on a post because it matters more who is liking it. Right. Like, do I have a relationship with these people? That's what makes me happy. Uh, that was just such an interesting uh, connection to that quote where it's this desire to belong and a desire for community as opposed to attention. 
even with Instagram, I, I was reading about preteens using Instagram. And one of the things that marks their popularity is under their profile name, right? In their little bio spot, mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of the times groupings of initials and it's their, it's their best friends. Right. And so it's like the more oh. initials you have under your name, the more popular you are. And oh. we can look at that in our thirties and be like, Oh, girls, that's not how popular that's not. <laughs> but yeah, we still feel the same thing. We're like, yeah. well, how many likes did I get on that post? And you're right. It's really about building true interactions with real people. Um, and that's very, very different than feeling popular. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes it's easier to just accept the likes than to really put in the work right. to cultivate a relationship with someone. Right. Right. And we've said yeah. that before. We said that that's one of the problems with social media is they find that people will, quote, engage in in conversations throughout the day on social media. And by the end of the night, they can like put their phone down and go, well, that was a full social day, but you weren't social at all. And so it's this mm -hmm. false idea that you're social. And that can really mess up what our expectations are of real life friendship. One of our, our friends who commented, Jennifer Arruda, she said, it's like dating all over again, right? Yeah, that's such a good way to put it because it is hard to, um, to break into a new relationship, but then elevate it through the levels. Yeah. So Jennifer also said that not only is it hard like dating, but okay, you also have to make friends that, you know, have kids of similar ages. And it's even more helpful if the kids are the same sex as your kids at the same age mm. so that the kids can really get along well together. And then it goes down even further into like having similar parenting styles. And so to go through that, every time you meet people, it's it is exhausting. It is because if you do, if we're going to stay on this comparison for a little bit of dating and making friends and the similar stages, you know, all those relationships start with small talk and small talk is so easy to get on the same page on. Yeah. Like everyone can agree that, yes, today is sunny. And yes, it's a shame that it's been raining for several weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, you get into these um, next levels it will naturally try to progress. And it, in some ways, it can be harder than dating, trying to make friends because you're trying to do it with multiple people as yeah. opposed to just one. And because when you're dating, you're setting aside regular times to meet, specifically to, to develop this rapport. And sometimes making friends, you're trying to do it on the fringe of your work life or family life or what uh, other commitments that you have. So you don't get that time to develop uh, past small talk. And I think that it's important to distinguish between friendship and acquaintances. So I think that mm -hmm. what you're saying too, right, and is that sometimes we just run into acquaintances and it might be the moms you meet at the park near you um, and that your kids play together and you sit on the on the bench there and have share a few words. And I think that if we can't always expect that to blossom into a friendship, it might not and might not ever become a real friendship, but that you can just be thankful for what you do have with that person, look forward to the time you have with them and then wish them well and you'll see them again next week. Right. That's true. That's an important distinction uh, because if acquaintances are the majority of people you're meeting, right, at a, at a certain stage of your life and you haven't had the time to develop any of those into actual deep friendships or anything like that, you could run the risk of putting more onto that relationship than what it's ready for. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Like you're going to be, yeah, crushed if you're 
you know, quote, new friend isn't turning out how you hoped they would be, but you haven't actually progressed naturally to that level and you have prematurely elevated the relationship. So you can just enjoy the acquaintances for what they are if you just know that this is someone you happen to just see in passing. Right. And then you start to like kind of break down into these smaller groups of people that you do parent alike. And there's a lot of good in that. I do believe that it's important to have friends where you have common shared values. There's also Mm -hmm. an argument to be said for, you know, not living in an echo chamber um, and having friends that are diverse. But it really, you really do go through these different stages throughout your life. And there are friends that when you've like gone through those stages that don't follow you into it, that aren't in that same stage in their life. And so they kind of fall by the wayside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that saying, uh, birds of a feather flock together, Yeah, right? Um, that just kind of tends to be where you will gravitate and who you will uh, start settling into a, a smaller group with. But yeah, I can totally see how that distinction of friends and acquaintances can even help that too. Because I think sometimes that division can be, uh, it can result into bitterness mm-hmm. towards a person, right? Like, oh, I thought we were friends, but now, you know, they have totally different values than what me and my family are working towards. And I guess we just can't talk anymore. Right. <laughs> right. And it, so it yeah. doesn't have to be that way either. And it's no. like, sometimes there just has to be some time, like a little bit of space. And um, I experienced that, you know, we only came into the faith 10 years ago. So I always want to wear a t-shirt that says I used to be fun <laughs> because yeah. we used to have a very <laughs> different social life than I do now. <sighs> and when we, the more we grew in our faith, it we definitely acted differently than we did before. And Mm. there were people that are in our old life that we are certainly not any better than or, you know, they're on their own journeys, but you don't have the same things in common anymore. But it doesn't mean that you still don't bring so much to each other's lives. You might not see each other as frequently. The relationship might be a little bit harder. Sometimes you need two or three years of a break and then you reconvene again. But yeah, people do change and for the better, for the worse. Um, But friendships, it doesn't mean it's totally gone at that point. Yeah, for sure. So do you have any things in your mind that you judge like what a friendship is and what a friendship is not? Like for you, what are what are friends to you? Friends to me at this point in my life. So I'm approaching 40 and I can honestly say that at this time in my life, a friendship is an escape. And um, I mm. genuinely love being with Jason and the kids. I do actually look at them as friends as my kids are getting older and Jason and I have a very great friendship. But to get out of this house every once in a while, I really need to get out with some <laughs> other ladies, you know, have a drink, get a little dressed up. And um, th- so those friendships to me have to be very low maintenance. And mm. I can't worry about, it, 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 I'm not saying I can't worry about them, but I can't carry everybody's emotions with me the same way I was Mm. able to when I was younger, especially as I'm getting into the preteen years with my older kids. That's, you know, there's a lot of people that pull from us. And so while of course I'm there for my friends and I'll listen if they have a rough day, what I really need from them at this point in my life is just, you know, a a good time, some laughs, a few hours to escape and to just come together and have a good time. And, and then obviously we are still there for each other if something happens, but 
that's really what friendship means for me right now. We can go months without talking. Nobody is offended. Nobody wonders where the other person went. And then great. We can all get together that night. Have a great night. See each other in six months from now. What about you? Yeah, that is that is a great point um, because that's something that a few years ago I really struggled with, uh, that need to be in constant connection with friends. And I realized that it was because uh, it was a time when Phil was working a lot mm-hmm. uh, just with the nature of the job. And I was feeling lonely and I was looking to my friends for you know, affirmation or feeling fulfilled or feeling like I was valued Mm -hmm. (laughs) and recognized. And I, I realized that that's not fair to put on my friends because that's not what friendship is. Uh, Like you were saying, it is leaning on people. Uh, There's a difference, I think, between leaning on people and asking them to help you through hard times and just uh, like taking from them the that satisfaction, that identity, like affirm who I am. Right. Right. Because really, yeah, when it comes down to it, that's not even your spouse's job. Like that's God's job alone. We're meant to find our worth and value and identity in, in him. And so for me, yeah, that would be what friendship is not. (laughs) And I had to remind myself of that and I've grown from that. And it was a struggle sometimes if I would send someone a message or a call or they wouldn't get back to me right away it was like, it was this fear of, oh, they're done with me. And um, just to recognize that, you know, it's more just that they are busy with their lives as well. And like you said, we should be able to be there for each other, but not be one another's source of fulfillment. Right, right. I think that with all relationships, you have to do your best being coming into each relationship, being as fully formed as you can be at that stage in your life. And that's going to look different at 15 Mm -hmm. than at 25 and at 30. But you can't look to people to fill voids within yourself. That's never going to work. And even Jordan Peterson... The very controversial Jordan Peterson, but, um, you know, he, one of his chapters in his book, he always talks about when you're raising kids, like raise kids who aren't, he actually uses a swear word here, but that aren't jerks. Um, he goes, Mm. don't let your kid be the (laughs) jerk on the playground. Like let your kid raise kids that other kids will want to be friends with. And he's very clear on saying again, that this isn't about popularity. This is about Mm. when you have the qualities within yourself that make other people be drawn to you and want to enter into friendship with you, you actually will succeed in all of the areas of your life. If you are a fully formed person who yet draws in other people, so you're kind of admitting that, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm at peace with where I'm at in my life. I like myself, you know, you're your own friend that draws other people in. And that actually, as he explains, and they have, you know, studies that prove this, it makes you a more successful person as you enter into the workforce. Mm. And so he goes, look at your kids. Are they the type of kids that other kids want to be friends with? And when we look at it, it not in a way of, well, I want my kid to be popular, but that you want your kid to be successful and have to have these characteristics. Um, I think that that's really important for them and for us. Am I likable? Would I be my friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good because, yeah, when you are at peace with yourself, mm-hmm. then you can be you can be a friend to other people. And I was thinking about this: like, friends are really just more people besides your families that you're called to help grow yeah. mutually. And how can you? We say this often in terms of like self care, right? Like, how can you fill someone someone else's bucket if you're empty? 
but that's the same thing too. How can you support someone in their growth and on their journey uh, through life to holiness, what whatever it is, if you're always trying to take, you can't give, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, right? right. And I'm always surprised when uh, my friendships kind of reach that point because it's not something you discuss. Like we've leveled up from the acquaintance stage <laughs> and it's not all yes talk. The friends that I, the friendships I value most are the ones that love me for for who I am, what I am, um, but challenge me. And they will call me out on things. They will question decisions that I make. They will uh, wonder out loud whether I've considered um, A, B, or C in a decision I'm trying to make. And uh, that's that's such a shock for me always because I love the yes talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes talk is so fun. But it's um, that is a, a mark, I think, of a deepening friendship is when you are both, again, at peace with yourselves enough to then take on helping the other person always be better. That's right. And it's we've talked about this so many times where we've said, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas says that true love is willing the good of the other. And, mm. and this is the same as in friendships. It's truly about charitable love, which is wanting the other to do be the best that they can be. And that's not always being a yes person, like you said. And it's not always affirming people when they're making bad decisions. I've made very bad decisions in my life. And it was very interesting to see kind of what the people did around me with that. And a few people walked away. And at the time I was mad, but I'm glad when I look back that they stood by their values too and and weren't going to put up with, you know, the things I was doing. And so it's it's really that if you look at having that smaller group of friends that are of a very high quality friendship, you do have to put in as we said, all that same work you would in a relationship with your family or perhaps with your spouse. So yeah, that actually leads really well into this question of how, how to make friends, how to keep them, right? Because yes, we all want this. Uh, we all want this deep friendship, but man, it's not an easy thing. No, it's not. We received a lot of feedback from women who wanted to talk about their friendship experiences. And one of them we, we received in a private message I just want to share now because she ended up doing something at the end that's a great um, kind of motivator to make new friends. But at first she found in her group of girlfriends that um, they were all excited for her to get pregnant. She was one of the first to get pregnant. And so they were all excited for that. But then as the pregnancy progressed, the friends started pulling back one by one because, you know, they start to realize you're not the same person. You're in bed at seven mm -hmm. o'clock at night and you can't have a drink with them. And so she started mm -hmm. slowly losing friends and then the baby comes. Oh, and then you lose a lot more friends. And she started to feel really alone. And she lives in a small town and started going to the mo like mom's group in her small town. And that was a whole other wake up call. And that was just full of small town gossip and a lot of husband bashing. And this wow. sadly does happen in a lot of um, women's groups. There's a lot of husband bashing and she just didn't want to be part of that either. But then she's faced with the decision of being the mom who then stops going. And when you're in a small town, they're like, well, why isn't she going anymore? Mm -hmm. And so she kind of was figuring that out. Then she ended up 
joining a, a group. I don't want to share too much because I don't want to reveal who she is, but it was a, a group with um, women of all different ages that were all doing one hobby and they mm-hmm. all had this shared hobby that they loved. And she ended up making amazing friendships in that group. And so it was like, she realized that she had pigeonholed herself into the mom group when she had had a baby. But then when she actually, you know, started looking more into hobbies and things that she was in, um, engaged with, she met these other women that were all different ages and they all developed these friendships. And some of them had teenage daughters that she became friends with that could babysit her daughter. And it just was a whole wider range of friendship. And so I really love that she did that, that she didn't let the mom groups get her down and then think, well, I guess that's it for friendship while I have kids. Mm. She went and looked into something else. Yes. And I, I love that too. I love that idea that, you know, sometimes I think we limit ourselves. We must be friends with people who share like really, really heavy values, I'll yeah. call them, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and, and they and they are so precious and so priceless when you do meet people who share your faith values, your family values, but not to discount just finding people who like things that you enjoy. Because sometimes what that does is it kind of diversifies um, people's contexts in life. You get to know different backgrounds, different life circumstances. You all have a hobby in common, but you could come from all different walks of life. And what that must do to someone's perspective, you know, to be able to see the world um, through so many different lenses, through your friendships, that's exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, me too. And another friend did something kind of similar. She had moved to the city she's currently in and knew nobody. And she had had her first baby. The baby is just a baby. And she created a Facebook mom group for their their city. Uh, Mm. It has since grown to thousands and thousands of people. Um, She doesn't run it anymore. But she actually immediately started opening up her home to these people and strangers. (laughs) But she's like, maybe that wasn't the best idea. But um, (laughs) nothing bad ever happened. But no, she invited these women into her home. And you know what? She said like eight out of 10 of them, it was never going to become a real friendship, but she did meet some long-term friends in that group as well. And, and so she said it just, even though it started online and it sometimes is so much harder in real life. She said that, you know, when you're together with these other moms, sometimes you're stopping and you're being interrupted 786 times to fill up (laughs) sippy cups, but it's worth it. It's so worth Mm. it to just have them into your home and to sit face to face with somebody. Yes, that making time to see someone in person is so critical because we do need face-to-face contact. You know, I was listening to another podcast where uh, they were talking about how our children need to see us face-to-face to connect with us. It's one of the three major ways that our children connect to us. Mm. And uh, it, that just really brought to mind that fact that we do need to physically see people if and when we can. And uh, sometimes, it, depending on our life circumstances and stuff, we need to get creative with that. So like like this commenter, you know, she uh, made that whole group, but then she would draw people out uh, and meet with them in a playgroup um, or playdates at her house. And there was another comment that says, you know, she makes time to see her best friend who lives a few hours away via FaceTime. And oh, yeah. they, yeah, they do crafting together. Like once a week, it's a standing appointment. And they just take the time to spend where they can see one another and make eye contact. So even getting creative with technology, that's such a great strategy. 
And there's another commenter and she's um, on Instagram at under thy roof. She has a beautiful Instagram account. So check her out um, again at under thy roof. She said that so many women are ready, just sitting and ready to say yes, if you invite them over. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. she's like, invite them. And I've seen this time and time again, because I can't get out during the day because I don't drive. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm always the one inviting people over. And I can agree with her that the minute I say, well, you're more than welcome to come by my house, people are like, okay, when? And their women are so (laughs) excited to get their kids out of their house and come over for, for a visit. So be the one to offer the invite. And you'll never regret making time for friends and socializing with them and connecting. That's exactly it. That friendships are work, mm. like any, like all relationships, right? And I talked about this with my sister like a couple of years ago, but it's stuck in my mind ever since. Is that you have to put in the time sometimes? You know, when we talk about love not being a feeling but an action, sometimes that includes friendship too. I remember when we moved into our area when we switched parishes because for a while we drove to our old parish. But once we started having kids, we made the decision to move into our new parish and we didn't know anybody. And uh, there was already a pretty established sense of community there. And even though we didn't feel like it most days because we had young kids, I really remember making the conscious decision like we have to go. Like if they were having a community event, we Mm. should be there. Because like when you show up, you become a familiar face, right? You just become part of the scenery or part of the scene uh, and the setting and people get to know you. And so even if it's not a specific, like you're meeting with one person and you're kind of putting your eggs into a basket, all your eggs into a basket with that one face-to-face person, another option could be just to find um, community events and then make that effort to show up as often as you can, even if you don't feel like it, even if you're tired sometimes to really make an effort to go. Because I think once people start seeing you often, they'll start recognizing you and that can start a lot of natural friendships that way. And be the one to say hi. So if we're if we're looking at like a church event or a church social, Catholics are notoriously known for being quite antisocial. <laughs> It's a long-standing yes. joke in the Catholic Church we that are. we are, we right? know it. Yeah, we, we do. We're really yep. sorry. We're um, working on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lesson we, we're trying to take from the Protestant um, world. And so their idea of fellowship, we're like Catholics pop in and you're always about five minutes late getting for mass. You keep your coat on and then you get out of there as quickly as possible. And oh. that is really starting to change. And so um, I know that a lot of church communities are doing regular socials after mass. And when we were on vacation, we were visiting a couple of other parishes and and each of those parishes was doing a coffee social after mass and somebody would purposely come and seek out our family after mass say hi we haven't seen you before welcome would you like to join us in the basement for a cup of coffee and i was like oh it's that easy because we weren't saying that to people at our own church <laughs> and again i know other churches do a bang up job of this we're a little mm-hmm. behind and so mm-hmm. it's be that person be it it meant it means so much to other people a lot of people are shy so if you You've been given the gift of extroversion, like I have. Um, Be the person to say hi, go up and invite somebody to an event, to your home, and and be the one to lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you should also recognize, all of us should recognize that 
it's not always going to be like this. So whatever stage we're in, it's not tomorrow is going to be different. I'm looking at my mom now who's getting closer to retiring from her job. She's always had great friendships through her work, but she has a very active social life now. I won't give away my mom's age, but she is like a hip, cool, beautiful woman. But she's <laughs> mm-hmm. coming into this new stage yes. in her life. She's going to rock concerts with her friends, girlfriends. They're booking Airbnbs. They do all this. She meets somebody different for lunch several times a week. So like, even if you're in that stage right now where it is a lot of work to squeeze in those mom play dates and do that, it's not always going to be like that. So I think that as long as we don't retreat too far from the world, because you will lose that skill of making friends and feeling mm. comfortable out in the world, do what you can now and know that, you know, there are a lot of women as soon as they're done raising their teenagers that are just getting back into having a very full social life. So it's not the end. Right. And that is perfectly summed up with that quote, right? There are three types of friendships Mm -hmm. and they come into your life for a reason, a season and a lifetime. And that you can trust God to provide that for you because he is providential and he is the best friend that you could ever have and that he will take you through and introduce you to the people that you need to know. And he will he will help guide you to the people you need and who need you in life. All right, so now it's time to talk about what we've been loving this week. So, Lindsay, what have you been loving? I have been revisiting an old love of mine. I've always enjoyed going to antique shops. Um, there's a new one, though, that's Ooh. about 15 minutes from us, and it's, it's huge. And we've gone probably five times in the last couple of months. Uh, it is so much fun. Now, luckily, I married a wonderful man who enjoys antiquing as well. <laughs> I know many women aren't so lucky, yes. uh, but my husband loves it. So we go and we get a coffee and we'll just browse. And it's just such a fun way out. And I am the first to admit that I am not very good at taking care of the environment. I'm working on it, people. I'm not really being an environmentalist doesn't come naturally (laughs) to me. But one of the goals I've made for myself this year was to try to not buy brand new if I could avoid it. And so Mm. I've been picking up some beautiful things to add to um, our dinner parties and our tableware and and serving pieces and that stuff. So I've been picking it up at at antique shops um, as we've been browsing them. And so that's what I'm loving. And I, I won't recommend this one specifically, but this summer, like they're all around, pick some Mm -hmm. out, make that be your Saturday, drag your kids and make them put their hands in their pockets so they don't touch stuff (laughs) the whole time. We're yelling, put your hands in your pockets, put your hands in your pockets. (laughs) But yeah, so really antiquing, I am all about that right now. And Michelle, what have you been loving? Yeah, so we just watched a a documentary last week. It's called Three Identical Strangers. (gasps) Yes, 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 I've been hearing about this one. Yes. Okay. Yes. And you must watch it. Uh, It is crazy. It's crazy in the best way, right? It's so Mm. fascinating. Um, It's the story of three adult men. I think they were 19 when they found each other. They were triplets who were separated at birth and their adoptive families were never told uh, that they were triplets and they had no idea. And it's all about um, how that separation really shaped their lives growing up. And the thing about this documentary, though, is that that's a crazy enough story, but that's like the first 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then just when you think you've reached the craziest part of the story, 
just wait because it gets even better <laughs> and it oh, goes I'm on so excited yes yes i know i've probably already given away too much so i'm gonna stop there uh go watch three identical strangers and then message me so we can all talk about it <laughs> Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. And if you want to get in touch and chat with us about our topic today, you can find us on our website, www.themodernlady1950.wordpress.com or leave us a comment on Facebook or Instagram at The Modern Lady Podcast. I'm Michelle Sachs, and you can find me on Instagram at mmsachs. And I'm Lindsay Murray, and you can find me on Instagram at Autumn. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.